If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back to another episode of the Comedy Bureau Field Report. The Comedy Bureau Field Report is a member of the Believe Podcast family. It's been spelled B-L-E-A-V. And that's probably why even at episode 104, it says on your favorite podcast platform, Believe in the Comedy Bureau Field Report. Um, You know, maybe at 150, they'll change it to just give me the name of the podcast. It's called the Comedy Bureau Field Report. I mean, or maybe no one's embarrassed now that I it, we passed 100 episodes. Who cares? Whoever was listening to it is not going to be turned off. And any newcomers will be like, well, it's gone for this long. So it must there must be something to it. Anyhow, on to this week's amazing guests. Uh, I would say, uh, you know, a New York City comedy scene staple uh, host of a show that I love the name of Make Yourself cry on planet scum uh and so many other things uh as we you know these days it's a multi-hyphenate comedy deal but please give it up for Kenise Mobley everybody oh thank you hello hello thank you oh thanks for joining joining in how is it going what's going on in your comedy Kenise all right uh so just doing a lot of shows because Things are open for now, so we'll just <laughs> just keep trying, and right. when the numbers go back up, which people are saying they're going to, we'll go back inside, and it's just going to keep this cycle up of in and out and in and out and never feeling totally settled, but still having a good time regardless. Wow. Yeah, I've been hearing this from the overly cautious people that, you know, I, I'm going to say this, and it sounds like I'm throwing shit, but not. The people who wear masks outdoors... They were like, oh, there's another variant coming. And and like, sometimes when I hear that at this point in time, at March 22nd, 2022, I'm like, if it does, I don't know. I hope it's so virulent that it kills me. I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> I don't want to do it anymore. Stop it. Yeah, I got COVID uh, a month ago. And yeah. yeah, I'm hoping that that immunity keeps up because they say it should last me for about three months um until then yeah i'll probably still do shows until they stop mm-hmm. having them i guess it just feels yeah it feels so like maybe i don't know uh roll the dice that's your chances your chances right. are roll a dice yeah well g- given new york's attitude about uh you know doing shows i i think unless like you know 
they're, they're filling mass graves again. Uh, you know, the stand is still going to do shows. Oh, know? they're going to, they're never going to stop. <laughs> no. They won't. They didn't, I don't, don't get me wrong. They are, I am at the stand tonight, but <laughs> I, do, I do think they are like, yeah, this is what we do. And this is what we're going to keep doing. And uh, you can't stop us now. It's just, we, people have decided mm-hmm. open market. Mm-hmm. If people are out, we're going to give them a place to go. Would it be fair to say that like uh, caution as like a, a, a measure of volume of shows uh, is much different from Manhattan to Brooklyn? I think that is fair uh, because it was during like the depths of the pandemic where like no one was doing anything and right. everything was supposed to be closed and there were some establishments in Manhattan that were still doing things. Whereas like the rumor of a, an upcoming wave will cause Brooklyn shows to cancel. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. I remember seeing some like video about like, you know, cause there were a bunch of club owners that like banded together along with small theaters to like, you know, Hey, give us the numbers. We're not giving the data. And I specifically remember there was like a, a like an interview by with the I think the guy who ran governors who was like, oh, we didn't know we were supposed to lock down and we just kept doing shows. And I haven't heard about a case. <laughs> I, OK, I wish I were surprised at the establishment that that person is representing. It, yeah, like, right? This is I'm being as diplomatic as humanly possible. Um, that sounds about right. Does sure. that <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From everything I've never performed at that institution. Um, sure. There are a variety of reasons why. Uh-huh. Um, mm-hmm. One of them is never having been asked, but right, right, uh, right. that does seem in keeping with what I've heard. Yes. Yes, that is. Yeah. It, Governors is not really close to New York City or Brooklyn for those wondering. Um, well, you know, I, we'll, we'll just have to wait and see. And this sort of, I don't even like to ascribe it as a new normal, but it's just, yeah, I mean, there is this feeling of being unsettled that is, I don't know, at least for all of us that went through this, like consciously, I don't know, not the people born into this. (laughs) So lucky. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you'll have to deal with like, the further effects of climate change, but you don't know what's going on right now. <laughs> but they're, they're so, how to, like, I have a nephew and a niece who were both born during this, and they have no idea, like, to them, other people are a threat. Like, mm-hmm. there's this constant fear of contamination. Like, sure. they're going to have these strangest issues. <laughs> like, we, like, I'm, scared but also like excited to see what the new like psychological issues and kinks are going to be 20 years from now when these people start like right really doing shit yeah right it's going to be wild i think like you know it's been so we've been so affected that a kink will be like touch or you know because i saw people i've been seeing people at shows do things bits where they'll like just kiss an audience member like on the mouth okay can you roll back in her seat and it's like wow we're doing that that's that is some brave okay there's that's who okay like what's the gender of the person who's doing this uh i think one of them was non-binary uh and then the other yeah other one was a gay guy okay Okay. I was just like, 
as a as a lady, I'm like, I wouldn't do that for lots of reasons because I don't want a dude to be like, hey, what's up? But also like, yeah, germs, but also, yeah, like, I don't want you to feel like I'm using my power as the person on the stage, like just sticking my tongue in your, yeah. Oh my God, that's so much. That's I so know. I, so like 2019, that's still a lot, but like yeah. after everything we went through, that's like a whole nother it's, layer now. We might as well have sex on stage. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Like that's like a kink now of just geez. like, oh, well, fucking, we have it. We don't know each yeah. other. We're oh like, my. Skin to skin. <laughs> wild, wild. Okay. Wow. Yeah, it's that. Is, it is. It is crazy. Or even seeing like I've the. It's interesting at people's comfort levels where people are doing like COVID bits now, where they'll like pretend that their co-host has COVID, so they're like poking them with a stick that's like ten feet long. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, they tested positive earlier, so they have to like stay away, and no one's walked out. <laughs> I would I would not walk out, but I would be like, say it's a joke. <laughs> say it's a joke right now. <laughs> yes, yeah, be real right. clear. <laughs> Maybe that's a thing that we need going forward. It just not only for that, but for other reasons of like, you know how they have applause signs yeah. and TV tapings, but instead have like, this is a joke. <laughs> yes. It lights up. This is a joke. It's a joke. <laughs> it's a joke. <laughs> like, yeah. Take a deep breath. Don't clinch up. Cause if, yeah. If someone says like someone on a show was like, oh yeah, did any of you guys have it, have COVID? Oh, just me. And mm -hmm. like, it's funny. And the way that they present it is very clear that it's a joke, but yeah, right. just making it super clear. Cause yeah, I can see being like, oh, let's think about our own mortality and not <laughs> facilitating the best comedy show, I'll admit, but yeah. Sure, sure. There's a, uh, cause sometimes the like setup for some of those things, like you're kind of, is like so convincing. Yes. That people are tense. There's a, there's a guy out here who uh, does like characters in that sort of like a uh, nouveau postmodern clowning. That okay. is more, I think, prevalent here in LA than New York. Okay. Um, his name's Chad Damiani. He's so, so funny, but he does this character that he'll do on stand up shows sometimes where he has like this, um, vest of like dynamite like c4 it's all fake yes hopefully <laughs> and then to try to suggest that it's like not real he'll have like a sort of very cartoony like alarm clock attached to the top of it right and so like depending on how he approaches the show or how he interrupts the show um or if he has somebody in the audience sort of interrupt the show for him uh you know people will kind of be in on the bit or not but i remember the first time i saw this bit it was at hot tub with kurt and Kristen, which is at the virgil which you i feel like you've probably done that show i did it online but i haven't done it in person so the virgil is like you know it's very comparable and sort of like um like appearance to like union hall okay it's like the room is a little bit bigger you can fit a little bit more people in it, but just like, think about it, that room, that pack, that dark, that like tight. And like a guy in the back coming from like, everybody like stay calm. And then you just <laughs> see a vest in the dark and you're like, oh my God, what's happening? Mm, okay. I, I, okay. one of the 
it's been okay recently, but like the first time back after like the big wave of COVID and before I myself got COVID, I went to a show completely packed at Union Hall and like two of the performers on the show, like it was me and another girl, we were in the bathroom like, did you just have like a mini panic attack based on the fact that we're like packed into a basement and there's no exit from this room? So I cannot imagine if someone added bomb scare to that as well. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my God. Right. Ooh. Oh, that's stressing me out just thinking about it. Okay, sorry. Continue. continue it is continue. a very funny bit. Everybody should go watch chat. Oh. Um, so what are you up to these days? Uh, okay. Go ahead. So I do stand-up most nights, and then I do my show every Thursday, which is called Make Yourself Cry, which mm -hmm. is where I bring on a friend, usually a comedian, and they show me what makes them cry to see if it makes me a notoriously bad crier cry. Right. right. Yeah. It's been a lot of fun. We've been doing it. Oh my goodness. So I started doing it with Planet Scum last August, but at that point I had already been doing it for a year just on Instagram Live. So right. yeah, it's like weird to think that I've been doing that show for a year and a half now. Right. And how many times have you cried over a year and a half? Over a year and a half? Probably 15 to 20. Wow. Okay. Okay. Actually, no, that's a bit, that's a bit, that's a bit generous. It's probably, it's probably closer to 15. I'd say it's 15. Have you found like a pattern, like what, what gets you? Yes. So there's some things that like, um, movies sometimes do it, but not often. It is usually like some, so, and if it's tied to something that already I know makes me cry, that's part of it. So like, I know Paddington two always makes me cry. It, and then someone it. was like, oh, I'm coming on and I'm showing Paddington one. And we're talking about the context and how much this means about something. Okay. Right. Yes. I will cry then. And then someone showed Jim Henson's funeral and they connected it with something else that like does deeply touch me. I didn't know much about the Muppets, but I knew about something else. And then, okay, right. tears. And then right. River Butcher complimented me uh -huh. and because i've always like looked up to river then i just lost my shit <laughs> yeah like right up top like early in the show just Hi. me crying and i think i cried three times on that show so they hold the record for making me cry the most within a single show wow wow did it at that point did it feel like manipulative at, a, at some point no, I think I think they were just being genuinely nice. And I was like, I cannot handle that. That is, I can handle because a lot of people are like, what's the saddest thing I can think of? And it's a like sad anime about a kid dying or something. And I was like, that just makes me like, whoa, this is a lot. But right. Just the way they were able to like bypass all of my defenses. Right. Uh, very effective. Very effective. Right. People forget that strategy. I also am a notoriously bad crier. I think before I got into therapy, I cried like four times as an adult. Yeah. Yeah, that's your your that is significantly less than me. Mom, 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 dad, and sister all served in the military, and that's uh, not an accident. Okay. All right. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, they, they, their, their idea of mental health is just like, like stuffing it down. <laughs> And then, like, you know, in a very vague way, dealing with it. Sure. I do. Yeah. Um, it's a sketch, I think, from SNL, and they're making fun of There Will Be Blood. But when I do think of a lot of people's emotional coping mm -hmm. mechanism, it is just bury the boy, bury my son. Yeah. <laughs> just, 
put it in the ground, never going to think about it again. And right. yeah, that sounds, that right. sounds really rough. Yeah. And the parents should take into in the account of that movie fall get to at least the part where he's like i've abandoned my child yes i've abandoned my child <laughs> they never let themselves get to that point and that's yeah, yeah. yeah not to say that that character ended up in a great position but no 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 he he did not he did not um Oh my God, how do we get to the talking there will be blood? Oh no, cry, crying. I will yes. say that a positive thing that made me cry. Um, do you remember when uh, Conan had to leave The Tonight Show and there was all that co controversy around it? Yes. He had a farewell, his very last ep episode, he had like this kind of parting monologue from the desk. And uh, he he was like, he started off by saying like, you know, there's a lot, been a lot of speculation as to what I am going to say, what I can say tonight. And uh, NBC is, is truly just, they're going to let me say whatever I want. And a guy laughed and he's like, oh, it's not a joke. This is, uh, but thank you. Uh, and then he said, you know, um, between SNL uh, and all my time here in late night, uh, I've spent the majority of my adult life here at NBC. And we've made amazing things together. And while it is true that we are parting ways and we are going to do our own things, I will always appreciate all the time that I've spent here. And uh, and I, I got to shout out all the people that like came in this weird time that like stood out in the rain to like see our weird little show. And like, it means so much. And I just want to say one thing um to young people um don't be cynical cynicism is my least favorite quality um you know no one in life gets exactly what they want but if you work really hard and you're really kind amazing things will happen and like he didn't have to say that he no. could have been like a total dick to Jay Leno and NBC and go like middle fingers in the air as he like rides out on a Bugatti that NBC Universal <laughs> paid for. Yeah. But that really got me when I like, I, I don't know why it even came to mind like a couple months ago. Like, oh yeah, I remember that. I want to go watch it. I'm going to watch it because I don't remember, like, I don't remember watching it. I just remember like, I had a like TV from the sixties in my bedroom growing up and like it had knobs and things right. like that. It was like clicked and everything. Right. It was black and white. Mm -hmm. And I would watch his show. Like I wouldn't watch Jay Leno. I would stay up very late to watch mm -hmm. Conan, even yeah. though I had school the next day at seven twenty in the morning. Right, like right, right. I, yeah, that was such a formative part of my sense of humor. Conan yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think uh, Conan, it, I, I don't think it's been fully recognized how influential he really is. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I remember he was on Colbert once and Colbert even gave it up to him. Like somehow they ran into each other at a ski chateau and Colbert commented like, yeah, you held court for like two hours and the rest of us who are all on TV all the time, just shut up. Because <laughs> he's just that engaging and that. Yeah. You know, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, even though I, therapy has helped me a lot and I, I do cry more, but it's still a very rare thing 
Mm. Okay, this is not my show, but I'm not. <laughs> I'll have to get you on my show. But that, yeah, yeah. You're, that brings up a lot of questions. Like, when you do cry, what does it feel like? And what are the things that make it so that, like, is it a physical space that allows you to feel comfortable enough to do it? Or is it usually, like, um, an environment more loosely defined? Like, these sets of characteristics, and then you are able to cry. I, I don't know that it's location specific, but I it definitely it is like, uh, I don't know. I think it's like me, my vulnerability being pushed to the limit mm. of like, I'm generally more uh, like a pretty open and honest person, but I think there's like, you know, as a matter of like growing up as a latchkey kid and an army brat, there's sort of like a tamp down on like feelings just to get through things, mm -hmm. which I've done a lot of work to undo because it's not healthy as a long-term strategy. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's it just kind of like comes whenever. And, you know, I will say I went through the first breakup of my whole life near the start of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Ooh, that was... I would just like, I mean, you know, I guess that was location specific. I would just go in the shower to cry. Because it's like, There's, hey, a shower is relaxing. I love a shower. I take showers relaxing. <laughs> it's really hard to hear through the shower sound. Yeah. Yeah, there are thin walls. That, I, I live in an old apartment building. <laughs> Me too. You know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, you know, it's just like considerate. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh. I live in a place with very thin walls. I have probably never taken my neighbors into account, and I'm so sorry. They may be able to hear this right now. It's very possible. This is a wall that I share with someone else, yeah. um, but nah, they can hear me cry. Yeah. <laughs> no, my me. roommate definitely, I can hear her cry, and she cries a lot. <laughs> is she okay? No, she's not. <laughs> oh, God. Well, I... I have become her second therapist and I did not sign up for that. Uh, you should be getting full rates, not even like a copay. You should be getting full rates. Yeah. Yeah. Or just like, you know, uh, take it off the rent, you know, yeah. maybe, maybe, maybe I should just get it pay like pay a hundred a month. How about yeah. that? That makes That'd sense. That would be great. Cause yeah, she, whatever. Um, I let's talk more about make yourself cry and you, Doing stand up at this point in the pandemic, this side, I like saying this point of this side and everything else. Uh, but how about some comedy news first? Let's do some news. All right. As things legitimately reopen, you might want to, I don't know, go out. And if you go out, you might want to feel and look your best. And, you know, by proxy, Take your health into your own hands. And that's why you might want to look into Noom. Noom uses the latest in behavioral science to empower people to take control of their health and their life for good. They use a combination of psychology, technology, and human coaching on the Noom platform to help millions of folks meet their personal health goals. Noom understands that everyone's weight loss journey is unique. Uh, Lord knows that not everyone can do two or three workouts a day. And what works for you isn't, you know, necessarily what's going to work for, you know, anybody else. And that's why Noom's approach adapts to your lifestyle. It's flexible, focuses on your progress and not 
trying to be perfect, uh, allowing you to work towards goals at pace that's comfortable for you. Noom Weight makes it easy to start your weight loss journey and stay on track with personalized lessons to help you gain confidence and practical knowledge, one-on-one coaching, and a cognitive behavioral approach that teaches you how to be mindful of your habits. 75% of Noom Weight users finished the program. More than 60% of users that engaged with the program kept the weight off for a year or more. So start building better habits for healthier long-term results. Sign up for your trial at Noom.com slash believe. Again, that's Noom, N-O-O-M dot com slash believe. That's spelled B-L-E-A-V. So for, we're going to jump around here. Um, first on the docket, I'm going to go with this. And just like that is renewed by HBO slash HBO Max for season two. Kanice already has her uh, face in her hands, just looking at her at the desk. That seems like slight disapproval. <laughs> okay. Backstory. My family watched Sex in the City when it aired. It's not a thing that we should have done as a group of like me my mom same same yes we yeah. watched sex in the city together growing mm-hmm. up that's how my mom would like bring up things like hey is this what kids are doing at school like this kind of thing it was not it was not healthy but i watched all of it and it was only mom. later that i was like these people are fucked up <laughs> like yeah. these are not good people no why is this the model for anything and for people to be like you know what we need right now in this time of flux where people aren't really sure like up is dead all of that stuff we need more shitty people what's up (laughs) let's just yeah yeah. and let's you know let's make them sort of like inversely more shitty by trying to make them better people but if so performatively yes (laughs) it's like this pandering gesture towards goodness but not actual goodness yeah I have not watched it. I have to admit that I have not watched it. But everyone I know who has watched it has said both that it is bad, but yeah. also that they will watch more of it. And that's why, of course, they renewed it for a season two because people are like, "Right? Why not? Why yes. not?" <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. That is, you know, I, I want. I you know, there should be almost be a neurological study of like what is this sort of obsession <laughs> with uh, what I like to call best worst. Mm, yeah. I mean, I think it stems from like, you know, a lot of, you know, bad midnight movies that people like claim, oh, this is the worst movie of all time. There's an attraction to it, like The Room, Plan Mm -hmm. 9 from Outer Space, Manos, The Hands of Fate. But like, there's, I think the the charm there is all of those movies were made with the spirit of like, this will be the best. Yes. And then it fell so far from the mark. Right. Where this is like, no, you're not. I mean, you're trying, but in a weird way, like you're, you're just preemptively projecting like what people will say. And then you're reacting to that. Yes. Also, but like... you didn't even call 911, Carrie. <laughs> did you, did you watch 30 Rock? Yes. When they, I'm trying to, I'm trying to. When Jenna Maroney makes a song and she's afraid that Weird Al will parody it. So it has like she makes she tries to make the silliest 
possible song to be unparodyable. <laughs> yes. And right. there's some elements of that where it's like, you're going to say this about us, but ha ha, we've come up and made it worse. Right, <laughs> like, right. Yeah. Which is so weird because, you know, sidebar, it's funny. I had a funny thought as like, you know, you you and me, both of our families watched Sex and the City together. And that, that's like a problem. But like, that's how they want to like bridge that talk. What if parents are doing that with Euphoria now? And, oh, no. And kids are like, no, it's not like that. No, no, it is. It's not. Like, no one's doing that many drugs. I have not. Okay. I, that's I have decided that I will do things that make me happy. And everything everyone has said about euphoria <laughs> indicates that it will not make me happy. It won't. So like... it, it won't. <laughs> I mean, it's it's very engaging. Okay. And, uh, there are things, I think it's like, you know, a, a very pretty extended music video. Okay. I like music videos i grew up on mtv when it was yeah yeah actual music. but it is like oh you know my take on euphoria is this it is a soap opera at its highest evolved form okay all right but with teens and their tits out (laughs) yes yes i mean the see like it like what yeah what if a soap opera had beautiful cinematography and unlimited music budget and like uh, you know, the performances are legitimately good, but the yeah. plot is still absolutely bonkers. I, what I've learned about the show, I've learned via Twitter. And I thought about watching it purely because like every Sunday night, it would just be like, what the hell are all these people saying? <laughs> like, right, I don't right. know what's happening. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man, I, I was a nerdy high schooler, unless it's like, some people playing video games and people doing extracurriculars. Mm-hmm. I, it does not speak to me. That does not represent my experience. Right. Absolutely. And like those, <laughs> I mean, you know, so many of them I, I don't look like they're actually in high school. How long are we going to continue to do this? <laughs> that, you know, shout out to Bo Burnham for eighth grade where like, yeah. oh, that actually they, they used real eighth graders. Yeah. And I felt so sorry for them as they had to go through an active shooter drill. Jesus. I love that movie, though. That That movie is fantastic. I hope that Bo Burnham directs more movies. Right. And I felt like that felt real as opposed to, like, where, like, the idea of, like, you know, teens banging should not be sexy to anybody. No, because it's... I banged as a teenager. And, yeah, I would... I would hope no one ever saw that because it wasn't it's like it's bad. not your best work. Yeah. It's bad. It hurts. Everything's awkward. Yeah. Because it's like two people who are definitely performing what they think they should be doing versus like actually having developed taste and interest. It's not good. Don't. Oh, gross. Yeah. Ugh, no, thank you. Yeah. Well, you know, maybe they'll get darker in season two of and just like that. <laughs> <laughs> and that will make up for things? I don't know. Um, just feature poor people. <laughs> like, I, I, I'm so sorry to say this, but just, like, I don't need, like, I grew up in the 90s. I saw so many rich New Yorkers. Give right. me some, like, regular-ass New Yorkers who are struggling right, right, right. because the rent is too damn high. Okay, that's... <sighs> Did that guy really have to die because of COVID? Wait, the rent is too damn high guy? He died because of COVID? Didn't he die because of COVID? I mean, it probably, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right, 
Kinesis looking this up. That's how much time has passed. I feel like <laughs> pandemic time is almost, um, it's I, even longer than dog years. I feel like this last two years has been a goddamn decade. It has. It really, yeah. really has. Well, while you're looking that up, next mm-hmm. item of news, just for laughs, Montreal, the uh, big annual comedy gathering uh, in Montreal, Quebec, in Canada, is having its first in-person festival since 2019. Uh, they did a weird thing uh, last year where they had people perform live at theaters without an audience, and then they broadcast that to some folks, uh, you know, and that was the thing. But they're back uh, in full force uh, this year. Um, they are going from July 13th to the 31st. They're, an, uh, you know, per usual, they have these big gala, uh, galas that are have like the biggest comedians around uh, headlining them. Uh, them being Kevin Hart, Bill Burr, uh, Mulaney, Hassan Minhaj, Chelsea Handler, Joe Coy, Eliza Schlesinger, uh russell peters uh hannah gatsby ronnie chang penn oswald mark Marin, tommy tiernan beer das celeste barber neil brennan uh and then shows just for the culture the nasty show brit ish uh and midnight surprise and more um of course new faces will not be announced until uh they're actually happening but uh that is going to happen again um so that you know We'll, we'll we'll see what this other variant does or this yeah. variant of omicron is what i from what i understand it's yeah i have friends who did it last year and i like so happy for them because they were who did new faces last year and right. of course so happy for them but that is that really stinks to like yeah i did this really cool thing but it was like in this very modified way and like may not have had the same perks but you know i can say that i did it yeah yeah. They should get their own showcase. Like JFL should fly them up and like, you know, this is sort of like a mulligan for you yeah. guys. And uh yeah, every they should get a nice venue and they should get to perform in person. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's I don't I don't know. Have you gone to Montreal? Have you done JFL? Anything like that? I have not. I if I would love to, mm-hmm. uh, but I have yet to uh I've yet to do that. That's crazy to me. You should have done it already. <laughs> I guess because you know? now I'm an old face. <laughs> no, I'm not that old. But uh, yeah, but I would love right. to. Yeah, that would that would be that'd be really really great. Um, yeah, we'll 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 see. I I mean, it also I wonder. I mean, people had talked about the relevance of JFL for years, even before lockdown, and sort of questioning because I'm sure as you have. The people in your life that have gotten it like you know maybe they went on to get things but it, oftentimes it's not directly from jfl montreal yeah you know um or i've known people who got it and then they're still like you know baristas or whatever oh yeah i was i was gonna say dog walkers based on brooklyn but yeah it's yeah, very frustrating yeah um because i met someone who did it in like and it was a lady who did JFL in like 99 or 2000 or something like that. And then she like stopped doing comedy and then she came back. But it was so strange for her to describe her experience where it's like, I walked in, people were like, what TV show do you want to make? Like, right. this is the thing that makes people's careers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now it is like, 
Oh, I did this weird show in Canada. One of my friends got bed bugs during like, cause they put him at a hotel that had bed bugs and like, yeah, just that doesn't seem as fruitful as it Mm -hmm. did in the past. Yeah. No, 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 no. Um, well, I mean, I, I would hope that everyone has a renewed vigor for anything and everything. I mean, certainly a lot of standups have gotten like, okay, yeah, I really want to do this. Yeah. You guys in New York are going to get Dave Ross soon. Who's been like an LA staple for like over a decade. I love He's moving Dave. here. He's moving here. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool, cool. I, I have met him at a few shows and I was like, oh, this guy's, I haven't seen this guy around, but he seems. Yeah, legit. there's a, w- one of the best LA shows is a show called Good Heroin. I've heard of Good Heroin. That's Dave's show. Ah, okay. Yeah. And uh, he, I had him on this podcast and he just, you know, part of his sort of self examination during quarantine was like learning, like, uh, coming to under an understanding of his love of stand-up and wanting to like be more in tune with it if that makes any sense yeah and i will say i mean in in having covered new york for almost a year now in addition to la with the comedy bureau you guys do have more shows that is yeah. an alienable <laughs> fact we have more mics but you guys have more shows and i think it sort of balances out i guess it does. I feel like a lot of my friends who have moved out to LA and I love Los Angeles. Like so many people in New York are like, LA fucking sucks, man. And I was like, I used to live in LA before I even started comedy. I don't mind driving. I love cheap Mexican food. Give me the beach. Give me the mountains. I want it, you know? Right. Uh, but even outside of that, there is this thing where it's like, oh, I would move to LA, but I'm never going to be able to get up because like, yeah, all the people who write for TV shows are out there. All the people who do this are they're there as well. So it's like they just get so much less stage time mm-hmm. than they did here. And so it doesn't feel as they're it doesn't feel as though they're continuing to hone their craft as right. much as it's like, oh, I I'll do the thing that I've been doing for a while, but they don't have the like, ooh, I can do three shows a night and really like crank out this bit and hone this thing and right. like build time. Right. Yeah. But the people that are transplants from New York that were like formerly New York diehards that have really come to love LA, Mm -hmm. they all seem to say some version of the same thing about loving LA, which is, yeah, there's less stage time, but like, I got a work-life balance. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You know, and it's like they've sort of uh, like come out of Stockholm Syndrome of like, why did I even need to do three shows a night? I want (laughs) And like fucking like drive myself up the wall and just sit anxious all the time on the train when I can like have a dog and just like walk around and see the sky over my head. That's I had this conversation because we were I was like, yeah, it was so weird. I was I was walking between two shows, freaking out. And I was like, bitch, you could have had hobbies. And I was like, that was like a weird moment for me that was like, wait, what? <laughs> like. I had forgotten, yes, that like, yeah, some people, they have this thing called free time and like they can like explore what interests them in the moment versus what they agreed to do three weeks ago. And now we're like, fuck, I got to, okay, I can do everything. And oh no, I'm failing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I like reminding comedians specifically, like no one's keeping attendance. <laughs> and if there were a person, it would be me. And I don't want to do that. <laughs> I don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. I th- thank you for saying that because yeah, I'm like, 
when I had COVID, I didn't do any shows for like two and a half weeks or no. Yeah. Two and a half weeks. And cause I was like, Nope, I'm going to be real strict about da, 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 make sure the number of days, no symptoms, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you've fallen behind. You've fallen behind. Everyone knows it. You're falling behind. Right. If you don't just claw your way out of this hole that you perceive yourself to be in, uh -huh. you're just going to fail at comedy until you die. Right. Right. Yeah. And how did, how did you get past that? I did too much and now I'm really sleepy. So that's, <laughs> that's about it. Just, right. Um, right. You know, mistake after mistake until it kind of evens out. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Um, you know, but I, I, I want to believe that there's some way you can find some peace in doing, you know, doing shows in New York. And I don't know. I mean, it, it's hard to, I, I never want to espouse sort of like one's better over the other. It just depends on like what, what is important to you mm. and your stance on driving. I love it. I, I love driving. I hate traffic like everybody else does, but I do love driving. And I also, I personally hate how stupid the train is after midnight oh god I, that's a rule for myself i'm like if i get out past a certain time i'm not even fucking with the train the train yeah. is garbage after midnight i'm taking a car if it's yeah i can't it's not even i mean there's a safety issue for sure that you know as a sort of big guy and i carry like a vanity cane around like i don't feel unsafe uh-huh but it's just like wait how can i get kicked off the g train twice yes yes this is I should have walked home. This is like now slower. Yes. And where it's like, okay, if I time it like this, but then you miss like one train. And so you're waiting like 25 minutes for the next whatever. And yeah, it's like, I should have walked. I'm tired. I'm angry. I have to like keep my head on a swivel. I'm taking a car. I'm not, I can't like, I accept the increased price, but this is the, my sanity is also worth something to me. Yes. And so I'm going to fucking take a car. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that is, you know, uh, pick pick based on that, guys. If you're a comedian that's <laughs> thinking about moving to LA or New York, uh, you know, go off of that. Um, yeah, the, each has pros and cons. I will say, I think it's easier to be poorer, poorer in LA currently. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, gas prices aren't great, but truly to like, how I entertained myself living in LA is like, oh, I'm going to go to one of the many hiking trails here and my friends will all meet up there. Like my favorite taco place is like, I think it was 150 when I started going there 10 years ago and now it's 250. So it's like, oh no, no. It's like, yeah, give me three tacos and yeah, yeah. we can just hang out outside. It's not stressful. Yeah, I love it. I miss Absolutely. it. And it's March and today is a high of 80. Fine. The high here is like 60 and it does not feel 60. My apartment, they, they control the heat. So sometimes it's like, mm -hmm. eh, that's warm enough. And you're like, but it's not, no, I've had a shawl on wrapped mm -hmm. around me. Like I'm a traveler in the West. Um, yeah. and by that, I mean like on a horse in mm -hmm. Montana for Oof. most of the day. Oof. That's not good. All right. This might be our last okay. uh, news story. Um, Cause I do want to give time uh, to talk to you about what you're up to. The Babylon Bee. Do you know what that is, Kenise? No. Ooh. It is the rights version of the onion. Okay. Yeah. Specific with like a political bent. Um, and like, you know, they, uh, I want to believe that 
people who have conservative values can be funny. And I do know people who are conservative that are not pro-Trump that are funny. Mm-hmm. But largely a lot of their humor, and I'm talking to you, Greg Gutfeld, is very <laughs> reactionary and a very, sh- like, just, I think if you're to break it down objectively, it's just bad. Yes. It's very bad. The opening, so Fox News has its own late night talk show called Gutfeld. Uh, that's not a good name. I mean, I recognize that that's the person's name, but like, yeah. that's not a good name for a show. It's even worse than that. It's Gutfeld with a Gutfeld with like an exclamation mark. Yeah, it's bad. It's real, real bad. And like their opening episode, they had a uh, uh, Brian Williams lying joke in it in the in like the opening like bit, which is like, are you, you guys? Uh, that's right. You guys are over fifty. Yeah, what? You're you're supposed to be topical, anyways. So the the Babylon Bee skews right. Their Twitter account has been locked out. Uh, due to uh, tweeting, I guess as a joke, uh, a story that uh, calls a trans uh, woman United States Assistant Secretary for Health, Rachel Levine, a man. And uh, it, that it was sort of flagged for harmful uh, behavior on Twitter. Right. And uh, yeah, they, they got locked out of their account temporarily. It's... It's so deeply not from a place of empathy and trying to understand. It's some such like a shitty place that I think that's part of it. Like why it can't be as funny because humor is supposed to like, okay, we are forming connections between two ideas, but the idea of that is to have that new connection that the person has discovered relate to the person in some way. But when you just have it be like, what's a way we can be shitty about a person that's not going to be as effective as Right. comedy like it right, says right. that they labeled the person man of the year and it's yeah. like the whole joke there is trans isn't real <laughs> like that's yeah, yeah that's the whole joke right so what what am i supposed to be like yeah i f- i feel like that there like is a systemic problem if you're if your comedic thoughts like your logic is starting from a place of back in my day stop yeah. <laughs> Just stop. That's problem number one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can go back in your day if you're just trying to like earnestly present like where you're, you are coming from and then how you're trying to operate in this time, you yeah. know? Uh, but if you're just saying that like, you know, if you're just like missing the days of fucking like it for uh, us, I'm guessing like, I remember growing up and parents were like, oh man, I got to buy like CDs. I'm still on a track. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're like singing the praises of that, then I mean, the times they change. They yeah, change. exactly. <laughs> I don't think that that is enough of a joke. Like maybe when there were five comedians right. and <laughs> they had not explored most of the ideas that exist in the world, mm-hmm. uh, then maybe things used to be different was a valid comedic voice and perspective but right. now yeah it is like truly changes the only constant and that mm-hmm. cannot be <laughs> that that it was something and now it's a different thing is not enough yet right i'd be curious sort of related to this did you see a licorice pizza Canise? i did did do you do you have feelings about the the controversial moment in it where john michael higgins plays a racist restaurateur 
I remember being in the theater and being like, I see what they're going for. Right. And this person existed, mm-hmm. like not a real person, but like this type of person existed. Yeah, and, and they were more racist in the 70s. I get it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't. There were other things in the movie that I enjoyed more. And I think I would have like, it just didn't feel totally necessary. Because like at a certain point, when you're referencing something like that, right. are you saying that it's bad? Or are you saying that it's bad, air quotes, while engaging in the same type of laugh? that people in the seventies would have engaged in. Right. And that's my sort of hang up of like, I, of course, you know, I mean, I get that you're presenting the time as it was, but, and I don't think that that should be censored. However, I'm not going to lie and tell you as an Asian person that that wasn't viscerally upsetting. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, I think what I would have liked is a more explicit sort of like disapproval from like, whatever lens PTA is like trying to focus in on, mm-hmm. whether it's the kid or the girl or whatever, just like have more active, like, ah, oh, this guy sucks. Yeah, I just, for me, it is very much so like, it's such a clear, you're trying to have it both ways. Mm-hmm. And it reeks of, instead of like making a strong comedic choice, not making a choice. And right. like, yeah, like, hey, instead of saying that it's bad and like, mm-hmm having there be consequences for this or anything right we're getting to be like we're showing it's funny because it's bad but yeah you're just it's i feel the same way because there was like a wave of ironic racism in like 2015 2016 comedy Mm -hmm. maybe i like maybe it happened before that but that's when i started being aware of it it was like well no this isn't that's not what's happening here (laughs) like The, that I'm sitting in this room and I'm observing when people are laughing. Are they laughing? Are they laughing at the joke? Or are they laughing at you being like, I'm I, this is ironic. Which part are they laughing at? Right. We don't need to feed the people who are laughing at the racist joke. Like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I've said this on the podcast before, but I think that's sort of an interesting distinction. If you like look at like the, the rise of the Daily Show with Jon Stewart and mm-hmm. the Colbert Report. Mm-hmm. versus like Full Frontal with Sam B and Last Week Tonight and even like Patriot Act, like their points of view on those latter three shows are so clear, so crystal clear yeah. versus like Colbert Report. Like, you know, if you're a dumb enough right wing person, you're like, yeah, this guy. Yes. Yeah. Guy. Yeah. He's my guy. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. Like, and I, I like so many late night shows i think i'm trying to think of like what because some of what i loved about john stewart is that he was able to do some of that mm-hmm. while like getting those people to see that what they were doing is ridiculous but i don't think that and now i mean john stewart i feel like he's we can discuss whether or not he's still adeptly doing that i guess is what i'm gonna say right 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 but I don't think most of the people who are trying to do that have the skill with which he was operating at his height to do that, to like play with it enough to make those people actually think, oh, wow, this is ridiculous. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It, 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 I mean, and what, what a name for a show for John to pick for his comeback, the problem with John Stewart. <laughs> yeah. Real double-edged sure, John. Ooh. You know? 
we all, it's the, I don't remember whose line, but it's a very famous line. The, I guess we have lived long enough to become the villain and <laughs> that's okay. I but he like that, loose, like a light villain is compared to all of the villains that we're dealing with. But. I believe that you're quoting Harvey Dent from The Dark Knight. It, but is, is it really that recent? That's not like an old proverb. It might be. <laughs> That's not. <laughs> it might be older than that, but it definitely is a line that Aaron Eckhart said as Harvey Dent to Bruce Wayne, where he's like, I guess you live, you either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Truly. It's a good line. It's a good line. <laughs> and yeah. I guess I watched that movie so much that it has entered my psyche as having been existing for a very long time. Okay. I get it. They're almost not related to anything. Dark Knight is better than the Batman in my book, but the Batman is better than all the other Batman movies. Ooh, interesting. Okay. All right. All yeah. Right. There's just something so iconic about his performance and then all the circumstances around it. I feel like that should just not be touched, you know? Yeah, I like I liked it because I rewatched it after watching the Batman. Yeah, I do like and this has been brought up on a million podcasts because there's like four film podcasters that I will listen to them talk for like three hours about a 90 minute movie. It's fucked up, but right, right, right. Uh, they've, they've definitely said it. But like the idea of a man dressing up as a bat to fight crime is inherently weird. Oh, and sure. it indicates that there's something wrong with you and oh, yeah. society would not just be like, Thanks for saving us, weird guy in a bat suit who we have no context for. Right. So I really like them. I like in the Batman, the police are all like, oh, this fucking guy. Like, yeah. why is he so fucking weirdo? <laughs> like, I love that. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I think both the Batman and the Dark Knight trilogy sort of examine like, well, the, the Gotham had to be in such a dark place for that to be like, well, I mean, it's from, also from The Dark Knight. It's not the hero we need. It's the hero we deserve. Yeah. 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 I, I liked the, I will say I liked the Batman a lot and I will probably see it again. I, uh, I've really leaned into, you know what? Fuck it. I like super movie, hero movies. I like explosions. Give me action movies. I went to film school. I like, you referenced a bunch of movies that are like, they were trying to be good, but they are bad. And I was like, mm -hmm. In my mind, I'm like, lowbrow conversion, what's your number? Which is a bad movie. <laughs> but it's like, it, yeah, it's just like, some of them had like no high aspirations, just is, right, right. is what it is. Uh, right, right. No, yeah. I mean, I will, I will say the very first Pacific Rim I love because it was exactly what it was advertised is like big robots with swords killing monsters. Yeah. And that's all that I wanted. That's it. Yeah. Did you see more complicated about that? And you know, kudos to them. They didn't even make a romantic relationship out of the. Oh yeah. Yeah, they just were friends. Yeah, they... it was just people yeah. are allowed to just be friends. Did you see Moonfall? I did. It's like it's me and my friend. We both took an edible, and we're like, we're gonna see this piece of crap. And I'm like, this has value. A piece of crap that I can see with my friends that I don't feel any pressure to remember a line from or analyze the right. what it's saying about society. No, just uh, the moon is coming around again. Yeah. <laughs> so stupid. I forgot who told me this, but I'm pretty sure Roland Emmerich just like makes movies based off of conspiracy theories. Like what if they were like true, you know? Mm -hmm. And I mean, I think this was like four of them wrapped into one movie. 
the moon being hollow, the idea that we're seated here as a human race. Yep. Yeah, that uh, and, and the singularity, like trying to kill us. Yeah. Just throw it all in together. Throw it all in together. And even with that, I wanted to care more about the characters, but I just didn't. <laughs> I know couldn't. that's not what the movie, like, whatever, but like, ugh. True. I mean, how I, if you have not seen Moonfall, do yourself a favor, go see it. But truly, how do you not, like, you're not going to care about the characters when they're like, God damn it, we can't nuke the moon. My ex wife is up there. <laughs> like, it's, it's yeah. so dumb. It's incredibly dumb. Yeah. And, and I want, you know, the, the thing is, whenever there is an attempt at like an artsy action or sci fi adventure movie, it doesn't go great a lot of the time. You yeah. know, I, I found Dune to be like, you know, I got a lot of problems with Dune. I but one of them, I think, from just the con conceptual standpoint, I don't think I I can abide space royalty. Ooh, like the idea that you would advance so far to get an interstellar space travel. Mm -hmm. Why are you still doing divine right? That's dumb. You know, like the fact legitimate that question. You got like ships floating above you, and you're going. I am House Atreides, re representing. Like, get the fuck out of here, dude. <laughs> It's I'm such not a strange universe, people. yeah, because huh? it's it's like tech exists there, but yeah. they have like a very like strange religious connotation, and it's yeah. never like this works because of the dupe dupe dupe. There's not as much like like operation of the tech, but it right. is yeah, very tech heavy world. It's right, it's bizarre. I I would say that at that point, let's say we figure out interstellar space travel in like the year four thousand, right? Mm -hmm. Rich people would have figured a different way to exploit poor people. Like there'd oh, yeah. be a lot more. They they wouldn't ha wouldn't have to use royal bloodlines or anything like that. No. Yeah. They'll use hustle culture, and they'll be like, "If you don't have things, it's because you didn't hustle enough, and you should feel guilt about that." No, there will be further uh, dissemination of the gig economy, and everything that you do will be a video game. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's my bold prediction. It's a comedy <laughs> podcast, guys. It's a comedy <laughs> podcast. We're gonna come to comedy news. Speaking of which, uh, so back to back to you. Um, okay. You uh, you famously did your late night television debut on the Tonight Show, but was it in Thirty Rock? No, it wasn't. It was not. <laughs> how did how did performing on a roof with a sign behind you and nothing but the sky above you happen? Uh, I got a call saying, hey, uh, they want you to do this. Um, and I, I said, cool. So how are we doing this? And they're like, you've got to figure out the production element on your own. And so <laughs> I was like, okay. Uh, then I worked with my manager. She uh, presented a few options. Some of them just did not seem fun to me. It was like, uh -huh. hey, you could do this indoors in this conservative club in Connecticut. And I was like, well, I don't think that would go well for me. <laughs> like, <laughs> what, what actually seems fun and that my friends would come to and that sort of thing. And right. thankfully, I have friends who would come at 25 degrees outside to sit on a rooftop uh -huh. and watch me do stand up. I feel right. very lucky that my friends were down to do it. 
Oh, wow. What, what, what good friends. Um, yeah. how, how, man, they, that, if you guys go on YouTube and watch that clip, it looks way warmer than Kenise was describing, <laughs> even though you are in a wool coat. How would you even work out material? Like, I mean, at that time, what, there was a lot of outdoor shows, like people still performing in Central Park and Prospect Park, right? Yes. Uh, so work it on outdoor shows, work it on Zoom, which is not ideal, but I was like, yep. I'm, I've got to run the set. Thankfully, uh, it wasn't like, hey, it has to be like the newest material. So I had a lot of experience performing these jokes and that kind of thing. Right. Uh, but yeah, it was just any opportunities that I had, I right. took them to run the set over and over and over again. I'd mm -hmm. say it to myself as I was like doing things just to be like, I have these words down and I have the timing down. Uh, but right. yeah, it was, I have, it's, it's a thing I think a lot of people have, but if it's very cold, my eyes will water. So I'm mm -hmm. also trying to remember to do my jokes. And right. then like, I, I have a film background, so it is like, okay, let me think about the angles, the camera placements. Okay, shit, is the lighting changing? And then also wow. trying to like wipe tears off of my face, um, mm -hmm. but like discreetly as I'm telling the joke because my eyes were just like shooting out water. <laughs> so yeah, it was, it was weird. Wow, that was one of the last, is that in that 15 to 20 times of crying? <laughs> that figure you gave me? No, I don't count like weird, just physiological responses, which is right. uh, extreme light or extreme temperature. My eyes will shoot out water. Oh, sure. Or it's like, you know, people who cut onions sometimes. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, okay. Although now I cut onions so much, I've really gotten into cooking. Okay, I mm -hmm. love it. Oh, it's, same. Yeah, yeah. It's my meditative, like, moment to myself. Yeah. Uh, but I don't cry cutting onions anymore. That stopped. Oh, yeah, no, you build a tolerance to it. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, it's not for everybody, but sometimes, like, you can almost um, get rid of an allergy if you do sort of, like, exposure therapy. That, you know, I've just known people to do that <laughs> right where they like kind of just you know if you have a peanut allergy they like i depending on what level of it is they just like gave themselves a little of a bit of a peanut mm -hmm. and just kind of like built more and more off of that yeah i'm not saying it works i'm not a medical expert don't listen to me <laughs> so what goes into having a uh a show where you examine crying and then a show that examines love at all at the same time like what's, oh, what's yeah. going yeah, what's going on with you <laughs> i feel like i don't think there are polar opposites but it is something that's like very very uh, focused on self-examination um uh in a way that uh, maybe people aren't necessarily game for all the time oh yeah it's weird like some people will be like "Ooh, can i be on your show and it's like well, A, I need to know that we'd be able to maintain a conversation over the course of an hour, but also B, like you're a bit boy and this is not a bit show. Like yeah, yeah. I can't have bit boys on the thing, like constantly undercut it, undercutting like the emotional mm -hmm. uh, weight of what they're saying. I need them to be able to sit in that. And oh, yeah. uh, I will say it's probably like, it's something I'm dealing with. I'm pretty self-centered. And so the thing that I'm <laughs> <laughs> like, the thing I'm good at examining is myself. And so I'm I like, I, I okay. How I examine myself? Let's uh -huh. let's examine, and then let's do the same to you. Let's let's, let's examine. It. Yeah, let's right, do right. it. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. Uh, I mean, I, whether I'm really self-centered or not, I you know that's a question I'll ask my therapist on Thursday. <laughs> but 
no, I do love getting into it and doing, you know, that ever mysterious word of the work. Uh, yes. Yes. Which is, I think about like the, talking about this on stage as sometimes like the, the work, it's so just such a fluid term that really it's not like you'll get a homework assignment and you can just like have <laughs> actionable <laughs> items. It's just a lot of like catching yourself. Yes. Like, oh, this is what this is. Yes. Yeah, but you don't uh, know what you know, when it when or will, where it will come. The work will hit you at any moment. I also just like to me the condition of being a human is so funny. <laughs> like we walk <laughs> around in these dumb meat suits that like yeah. trap us. Oh yeah. And also like our brains were wired before we had language, and we gotta I gotta fix this shit that my mom put in here, but I don't even sometimes know what's it like. That's so silly and i do think that that is yeah why i'm like we gotta have a show about crying because it's so weird that our bodies are like okay the intense emotional pain or pleasure shoot water out like right, <laughs> turn right, right. red like just it's so and a lot of my stand-up is about sex because it is like this is so funny that we do this this oh, is yeah. so funny that it takes up so much of our brain power and we sit here and we're like nope i'm a professional adult and i do this but then everybody comes that's so funny that's so yeah. funny yeah absolutely yeah. it is and how obsessed people are with it yes <laughs> or slash scared of it or what i mean i do you know the term demisexual kines yes i or at least i think i do in what do you, that, what do you understand as a, there are some people for whom uh sexual attraction is dependent on some sort of emotional connection is that deep deep emotional connection deep emotion okay cool cool, cool. yeah yeah that's that's me often it, it crosses lines with sapiosexual where you're mm -hmm. like sexually attracted to people who are smart that's good yeah, yeah yeah uh but like it's for me it's such at a point where like i it doesn't work without any emotional connection like i couldn't have a one night stand mm -hmm. i've like walked out of a bar party to several disappointed faces and just like what you, you could have <laughs> and like she's drunk and I don't like her. So yeah. <laughs> Why would you do that? Yeah, I don't. I'm sorry. I just don't need to have sex. Do you guys do you need it? <laughs> and I feel like um, a lot of people have been sort of bullied or, you know, uh, it's been a sham, like, you know, a sham that they are convinced that they need sex. Like, not to say that people who enjoy having sex a lot, and that's how they express themselves. That's great. But I, I feel like a lot of people get a lot of anxiety out of this idea of like, I need to have it for some reason. It's like a yeah. status symbol or like I'm part of society now. A lot of people are running away from something. Yeah. <laughs> like that's that's what, like, and I say this as someone who has like a pretty significant drive in that area. Yeah. Uh, feeling external pressure to do it is right. bad. <laughs> like, right. that, like that's right. how much you want to do it should be. Right. the thing that determines how much you're doing it versus right. yeah like okay i had a weird fight with my dad and if i don't do this i won't think of myself as a man like that's like whoa 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 whoa, whoa. okay right 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 come on that's not mm -hmm. who's that fun for it's not fun for the lady those guys no. are just, <laughs> no no yeah. it's, not. it's not fun not hot although i will say i <laughs> i was at a show last week and somebody was like the, the t revealing that they were like the love child of like two different affairs 
Okay. And I was remembering like, oh, that's kind of hot. Because like, I, there's, I guess in my head, I'm like, I want somebody who has been broken by life and then figured it out. Yeah. Like, someone who's been coasting? No. That's not no, interesting. No, no, no. Yeah, you didn't do anything. You you haven't, I feel like, had to mend yourself. Like, that is where my baseline in terms of relatability. Yeah. Yeah, or else, I, I, you know, like, if you're just like, yeah, you know, just do stuff and it'll work out. Mm. No. No, 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 no. It speaks yeah. to very different life experiences and a different set of expectations when you walk into every room. And yeah, I think that's such a big part of it. And it is also like, in some ways, it's why I can't date people like below a certain age, because I'm like, right. you haven't been broken yet. You don't know what you're talking about. But also like very wealthy people or very, very attractive people for whom like the realities that most people have to deal with daily aren't true. Like, yeah, yeah that's I don't No, Thank you. I don't want to deal right. with that. So you say you talk about sex in your stand-up a lot, but I, yes. your stand-up doesn't feel like explicitly blue to me. Mm, I get that a lot. Yeah. Uh, which I think is great. Um, I'm sure there are other people that it was like, oh, this is a little, little raunchy. <laughs> I mean, what are your feelings about it? Because I feel like there are people that are, I don't know if, if saying performatively blue is the right thing, but it's like, you know, Nikki Glaser isn't clean, you know? Yes. I love Nikki Glaser. She's Nikki one of Glazer's like amazing. Yeah. one of my favorite stand-ups and probably not like the biggest influence, but like a huge influence on right. like the type of humor uh, that I do. I I talk about sex, but I'm I am not trying to be sexy at all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like I if someone left a show that I did and was like, ooh la la, that lady, they were not listening. <laughs> Like, I'm not saying that I like, I date, I live a life, whatever, but like, that is not what I'm trying to communicate in my stand up. And it's right. more like, wow, look at this. Isn't this weird versus like, like right. oh, this is a podcast. I just made a jerk off motion in case you guys, like, you guys can't see that. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh, would you say it's like somewhere in between like uh, Jacqueline Novak's get on your knees and whatever Nikki does? <sighs> I did see Get On Your Knees. Uh, I like, I'm hoping my joke density is closer to Nikki Glazer's than okay. Get On Your Knees. But Yeah, well, Get On Your Knees feels like a humorous, poetic expression of blowjobs. Yes. And, 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 and it, it, I mean, so, I think some of the humor is like, isn't it ridiculous that Jacqueline's talking about blowjobs for so long? For an like hour. This? <laughs> like this? Yes. Like it's, it's a, like a Shakespearean soliloquy is like half of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, maybe because I do like I try to like stories and building uh -huh. off of experiences and that kind of thing. I I'd say that that wouldn't be wholly inaccurate. Yeah. Right, right, yeah. right. Um, yeah, I mean it, it's you know, I, I feel like as we go forward, the idea of what is blue and what is not, I mean, I think it's ever changing. And I I mean, I where do you see yourself in that? Or where do you see uh, slash and where do you see like comedy going forward with it being more acceptable to like, I mean, they still have to bleep hole and asshole on Colbert, but like how much longer are we going to do that? Yeah, you know? how much? I was like, there was a whole sketch on 
SNL that was just whole this week. It was about, it was people saying whole in a lot of different contexts. So I feel like, come on, we got to get past that. I think I'm trying to figure out how, how, if, if I have formed a concrete, coherent philosophy around my blueness, if anything, it is like without the vulnerability piece, Mm -hmm. I am less interested in hearing about someone just talk about sex. So like, If it is just from a like, oh, well, I was fucking this chick and I'm not talking about my emotional connection to doing this or anything like that. I'd say that is less interesting mm-hmm. to me right. than like, okay, given what you know about me because I've been open and honest, okay, I'm going to set up a situation and you guys can start to expect what would happen <laughs> based right. on who I am and me finding myself in this situation. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, he- I, do you feel like you you'll be part of or you're gonna lead sort of like changing norms and mores in discussing <laughs> so, you know kind of like to bring it full circle sex in the city oh god I hope I hope not I mean if <laughs> I, would, <laughs> I I I I am professional. I like managing things. Right. Uh, suddenly taking on the mantle of leadership of any kind is, I'm like, whoa, okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't know about, right, about right. that. Well, but, I, mean, I, I think the objective of normalizing everything is, I mean, like, you know, I say leadership, but a lot of that is just like doing you and then like being unapologetic yes, like, about it. You know, I will do, I will 100% try to do me as much as I can and as much as people pay me for until the day that I die. Okay. Um, and if I can save, like, I, I think some of my stand-up is like, okay, shit, what would have kept me out of some troublesome situations mm-hmm. 10 years ago? Like, what should I, do I wish that someone had said to me or like pointed out or something like that? Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I'll do some of that. Cool. And I'm, wh- I mean, wherever it ends up being is hard to say, but I'm sure it'll be pretty damn funny because Kinesis is great if you guys didn't know already. Thank you. I'm recording an album and people can listen to it and see what they think about that. Yeah. Are the union halls or the shows, are those tickets still available? Or I think they're still available. I don't think it's sold out yet. All right. Well, go to union hall for what dates? It is on April 29th. We've got an early show at seven and a later show at 10. Yeah. In uh, Gowanus, Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah. It is one of the best performance venues in the city. It's just they know what they're doing. Nice they people. absolutely know what they're doing. And if you're going to be like bocce ball court, <laughs> a bunch of hipsters, it's really cool. Yeah. It's, it's nice. really cool. Yeah, yeah, it is. The beer is good. The food is good. Not a lot of comedy clubs can say that. No, no. Was, I've been to, I had truly the worst calamari at a comedy club last week. And I was like, this ruined my fucking night. Like it didn't ruin, whatever. It was fun, but it was like, how you how they get all the elements of this calamari so wrong? <laughs> like oh, this. that's like I feel like comedy clubs and a lot of other places, like unless you can one hundred percent prove that it's like legit calamari, you need to have quotations marks around it. Yes. On the menu. Yeah. Because you should not be expecting mm-hmm. what you think of as calamari because you ain't gonna get that. Absolutely. Uh, so April 29th, you said. April 29th. Yeah, go get tickets for that at Union Hall. Uh, you know, uh, we have, unfortunately have to wrap up here. I feel like we could talk for hours and hours and hours and I would love to, uh, but uh, you know, we'll have you on again. Okay. Uh, yeah. If you're up for it, uh, what, where can people find you online? Where do you have anything else to promote? 
Sure. So you can find me online at Kenny Smobley. Uh, I'm the only Kenny Smobley. Thankfully, my mom made up my name and it has great SEO. So lucky me. Uh, that's nice, Kenny nice. Smobley on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Venmo, all of them. Uh, I have a show. It's called The Lab, a very black experimental comedy show. It's experimental comedy. I give people 10 minutes and they can do whatever they want. So we've had uh, people doing burlesque dressed as Barack Obama. We've had people doing musical performances. We had a play about two turkeys and the dissolution of their long marriage. It was, <laughs> I, it's one of my favorite things and it's very silly. I right. couldn't love it more. It's the second Friday of every month at Friends and Lovers, also in Brooklyn. Right. That should be a TV show. <laughs> if someone wants to give me a TV show, I'll fucking do it. I mean, there should be more spaces for, I mean, like, you know, Astronomy Club got their shot. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a black lady sketch show and, um, you know, historically in living color, but other, you know, it's, there hasn't been a lot of spaces for like, I feel it and correct me if I'm wrong. This is like a show where, you know, black comedians can like do whatever it can be about race or it could be something that's not. Yes, exactly. It's okay. So the origin of the show is I went to do all these alt shows like by NYU in deepest Bushwick. And it was a bunch of white kids who you could tell were affluent being like, I'm being weird. And I was like, where's a space for black people to be weird that does not have to fit into this paradigm that does right. not have to fit into these people's idea of what good comedy is that's so self like self-referential and yeah. kind of inside baseball where's the space for that and i right. looked for that space and i did not find that space so i decided to make that space hell yeah, yeah. that's see that's leadership right there i don't know about that but i like the show that i do and i would yeah. love for people to come and see it but also uh yeah i a lot of the people from astronomy club have come and done the show and i yeah i like it a lot yeah because they do really fun cool weird things yeah, yeah yeah they do yeah absolutely uh, I'm Jay Kroger. I created the Comedy Bureau. You can find the Comedy Bureau at thecomedybureau.com, at the Comedy Bureau across socials. So many great causes to support this at this time. Today's recording is on the day of World Water Day. Think about that. Or support refugees in Ukraine because they still need it. If you have money or generosity left over after that, please support the Comedy Bureau because it's been running 11 years all uh, by my lonesome. Uh, do you have anything to say as we sign off here, Kenise? Uh, I work for a nonprofit that believes that comedy can positively benefit the world and uh, think about the consequences of the things that you say, not in a way that limits you, but in a way that really allows you to investigate what you value and amplify and uh, make more people interested in it. Okay, that's it. What's the name of the nonprofit? It's the Center for Media and Social Impact, and we work with a ton of other nonprofits to create comedy content. Awesome. Go check those people out. Uh, that sounds, <laughs> sounds great. I was going to guess it's comedy gives back, but then you said the other part. And it's like, oh, the comedy gives back doesn't do that. Uh, but they're also great. Uh, well, live comedy is happening. Please, please support it. And even if it's on your on YouTube or TV or whatever, there's a lot of great things to watch. And as the great Brody Stevens would say, enjoy it. <laughs>
podcast family. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.